We've been talking for these last uh, weeks. I've lost track. I don't know, maybe four or five weeks about the Holy Spirit, about having a different spirit, about being led by the Spirit of God. And we looked at Romans 8 for the last few weeks. I'm going to move from there somewhere else today. But Romans 8 tells us that without the Spirit of God, you do not have life. That life is only found in Him. That there is no life. It says without the Spirit of God is death. It tells us bluntly, I love that the word is clear. It's only clouded when we are so fixated on our perception, on our ideas, then the word is clouded. When we're trying to make the word fit our understanding and our mindsets, then it's clouded. But the word is not clouded. It's clear. It's crystal clear. And the Bible says that it's death without him, but with him is life. There is life in him. Jesus said, as I, as I was even touching on during worship there, that the devil came to steal, kill, and destroy, but Jesus came to give you life and life abundantly. The enemy has been trying to steal your life from the moment you were born. I don't think I need to convince many of you of that. You have seen heartaches, and you've seen the hurts, and you've seen fears and doubts and, and all kinds of things that wave through your life trying to destroy you. We've all been pushed to points of wanting to give up. Am I the only one who's been in places in your life where you just wanted to give up? Well, I love that, and so does God, because that's the very moment that He can actually do something in your life. The amazing thing about God is that I heard a preacher say a long time ago, and I, I'm stealing his line because it's amazing, and said that the devil had a plan, but God had the pre-plan. See, even when sin came into the world, sin came in and tried to kill Adam and Eve. Sin entered the world and tried to kill and actually separated us from God. But God had a pre-plan, didn't he? Before the foundation of the world, Jesus, it says, the Bible tells us that Jesus was with God, with God when the world was spoken into existence. And Jesus had a plan for us even before we ever made a mistake. And I love that God... Even when you were born, fast forwarding to modern times, when you were born and the enemy tried to do things in your life, tried to destroy you, tried to distract you, who's been distracted by the world once or twice? Who has been pulled away by the world? Maybe more than once or twice for some of us. But the Holy Spirit simultaneously is so, it's so amazing that He uses everything. The Bible says that all things, everything works together. All things for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. When you come to God, even your mistakes, even your failures, even what the devil did to destroy you, I'm not even going to say many times, that's actually more accurate to say most times is the very thing God will use to reach you. The cross itself, they thought the devil and his fallen angels or whatever the hierarchy of, of darkness that put him on that cross to try to destroy him, 
who inspired, remember the Satan entered Judas, so it was Satan inspired. He used the Jews, he used the Romans, he used Judas, but it was Satan inspired. And he thought he was winning on that day, not knowing that the very thing that he was doing to try to destroy Jesus and your salvation and your life that you have today was the very thing that it was going to take to get the life that we have. The very thing he did to try to destroy was the very thing that was needed for salvation. The Holy Spirit is doing the same thing today. It is no different in your life. Who has been to some bottoms before? Anybody been to a bottom? Anybody enjoy it when you were there? No. That should be a resounding no. But who, who knows Christ today, is actually, and this is, this is only when we've come to the fullness of knowing Christ that you can say this, who's actually thankful for some of those moments? Because that very moment that drove you to the end of yourself. You know, the only thing that separates humanity from God today is the same exact thing that separated humanity from God at the garden. And it's sin. That's it. It's the same exact thing today. It doesn't matter what it is. In fact, the law tried to define it and, and, and where there's a law, what else is there? A loophole. So it didn't work because they just found a way. So then the law just kept expanding and expounding and became un- impossible. So Jesus did what the law cannot do. This is Romans 8 still. Jesus did what the law cannot do, and he pushed it aside and said, I'm just going to inspire you from the very inside of you of what is right and wrong. Which way to go and how to go about it and how to get out and how to get in sometimes into his presence and so on. I'll do it. I'll help you. If you let me, I'll lead you personally and directly. The Holy Spirit was knocking on your heart through it all, through the sin, and he's still knocking today. He's still knocking on our hearts. He's still knocking. He wants every part of us. And I can tell you, if you are still human, you have not surrendered everything yet. It doesn't mean we're not surrendering. You may be in a constant state of surrendering, but as you're you're human who has discovered things in your life after knowing Christ for many, many years that you didn't know was in there, has anybody else been shocked by what comes out of you sometimes or what's in your mind sometimes? The Holy Spirit's still working on you today. Let him keep working. That's the plan of God. But that very thing, that sin, that's still trying to get you, that the devil could get you in and get you focused on and get you all stressed about and worried about and condemned about and so on, get you to live in it and just stay in it, that very thing that's actually blinking, it's a blinking red light telling you, hey, you need some more Jesus in your life. You need some more of my polishing in your life. 
You need some more of letting me in. Don't be surprised and don't be worried and don't be condemned by it, but give it up. Just give it over. Just give it over to him. The Holy Spirit today is looking for a people that will truly rely on him. He's looking for a people that will truly give themselves fully to God. There is a church, the Bible tells us, that does not give themselves fully. There is a church, the Bible says, that there's a, there is a Christian who said yes to Jesus and did things for him and, and was in a church and was involved. And then one day they are about to go into heaven and Jesus says to them, I don't know you. And then he says a very specific line. It says, the New King James says, you workers of iniquity, it's those, you sinners. It is truly comes down to, Tony said this on Tuesday night, comes down to knowing Jesus. There's a knowing. You may know the name Jesus. <laughs> I'm, not I'm saying you rhetorically. You may know the name Jesus, but it's not a name. It is Jesus himself. And it's his very spirit, Jesus, the body left and the spirit came down and is living in you. And he's still leading. And if you will not let him lead, I saw this picture of him working on us. And he's working on us and working on us and working on us and working on us. And I kind of touched on this last week or the week before. But eventually, if, he, if you will not give there's nothing more for God to do. God will not touch this. There's a barrier that he created. It's his own barrier. The universe is held up by some force that we can't see. Why do the planets stick in place? What is sticking them there? I don't know, except God. And so, but God can do whatever he wants. He created the way he did and things just stay rotating and moving and so on where he put them. And one of the barriers that he created, which he could bypass, but he does not, is your free will. He will not touch choice. As I've said many times, and it won't be the last you'll hear it from me, he pushes you, he prompts you pretty hard sometimes to get you to make the right choice. He makes the right choice clear, and he makes the wrong choice clear, but he will not make you make it. The truth of the gospel is the same truth today as when Jesus spoke it from his mouth. And Jesus said, if you love me, you obey me. Straight up. That's it. That's the gospel. He said, I loved you so much that I gave my own life for you. I laid it on a cross for you. I bled for you. I was beaten for you, I was mocked for you, and I was without sin, but I'm willing. I took your sin upon myself and let myself be nailed to the cross in your place. That's his love. Do you know that he loves you unconditionally and there is no more love that he could give? He gave it all. If he could give more love, he would. But then there's the other side, and that's our love. Jesus did his love, and he's still doing it today. It's still moving. The Holy Spirit actually will put 
it's amazing. I just had an incredible encounter at the mall, at the mall of all places, just out. An incredible encounter of God's love touching someone's heart. His love is just as real today as it was on that cross. And you can feel it touch your heart. You can't deny that. When God starts touching you, you cannot deny it. But then there's a part of us that has to receive it. We have to let him in. He said, behold, I stand at the door and I knock. God's a gentleman. He didn't say, behold, I stand at your door and I'm taking the hinges off. I know how to open doors, he said. I got a credit card in my wallet and I can slip the lock open. My kids know how to do that. I don't know how. I didn't teach them that. He said, I stand at the door and I knock. God's a gentleman. But he's knocking for you to give him you. He loves you. Will we love him? That's our choice. He loves you. Will you love him? And it's so simple. The gospel's simple. When we get off, when we get weird, when we get into sin, when we get into these things, it's so simple. We just, we're not allowing his love. Now, this is crazy. Even though you make the choice, you can't actually do it, but his love and his grace and his strength that actually comes in by your choice is so powerful that as I've been speaking, the Holy Spirit will actually prompt you immediately when you're off. But we just start shutting that voice off for our own reasons. We have all kinds of reasons. I deserve. Don't ever say that. You do not deserve anything. As soon as you say, I deserve, you're on a direction towards off. As soon as you say, I, well, I need the Bible says that God knows the hairs on your head. He knows the bird in the air. And he certainly knows you. For us to worry, for us to think about our lives and worry about our lives, he's saying, God said, let me, I'm paraphrasing a few scriptures, but let me worry about you. Let me worry about your life. I know your needs and I will meet everyone if you let me. As soon as we start saying that we know, that's what I preached on last week. As soon as you say, I know, <laughs> the Bible says it. You know nothing. I'd rather just come to God and say, you know my needs better than I do. I think this is my need. Who's had what you thought was a need didn't turn out to be that much of a need? <laughs> Who's had God meet a need you didn't even know you had? And who's had God not meet what you thought was a need actually turned out to be a blessing by not meeting it? You ever pray for something God didn't answer and, you're, and you kind of get a little bitter inside and you say, where's God? And then later on you say, thank you so much for not answering that prayer because it would have led me in all kinds of weird directions. And you know, some people actually, they can keep praying. I mean, God, sometimes God will actually, you keep praying and keep hammering and won't listen. He'll give you the thing that you asked for even though it's not the best for you. But if we're close to him, then that's not really a problem for us, is it? What Jesus is, I, I just felt, is it okay if I kind of just talk a little bit like this today? I just felt like the Lord just wants, it's just his day. This is, I mean, it's always his day, but man, especially today. I have some things here. 
But Jesus just wants us to walk with him. He walked with his disciples. He called them. Do you realize that? That they didn't go find him. He came and found them. And he came and found you. You just didn't know it. You thought you were making the decision, but he was already prompting you before you made the decision. And that was this beautiful encounter in the mall. This young lady said, just in conversation, she heard I was a pastor. We we're just talking. She said, I need God. I heard it, but we we're in mid-sentence with other stuff going on in the conversation. But I heard it, and I was coming back to it. And bam, I came back like a laser beam. And I said, well, what's to wait? If you need God, he's right here. Right here, right now. She may be listening because she said she would. So if you are listening, you know who you are. Right there in the mall, this young girl, and I'm not talking shed a tear. I led this girl to the Lord and she wailed right there. Totally unembarrassed. No shame whatsoever. I mean, nothing, just pure, just the Holy, and I said to her, what I'm telling you today, that the Holy Spirit was already working on you before I ever said anything. And when you said, out of your mouth, I need God, you didn't even say that. Your spirit in you cried out from within you. She said to me something so funny and so cute. She said, don't say any words. I don't know how to pray. I said, don't worry. I'm going to pray like a five-year-old. It's very simple. And to be honest, if I was to analyze the prayer I prayed, it wasn't really that great in words. But it was the Spirit of God. And it's that moment, actually, that we need every moment. We need to live like that. What happens is, is we get that moment in us and we have an encounter with the Spirit of God. Wow. We have an encounter with the Spirit of God, and then the Bible cautions us. It says, why did you begin with the Spirit, but now you're trying to do something in your human nature, your flesh, in the natural, what began in the Spirit? It was a spiritual thing that happened in that moment. You cannot do it in the natural. We cannot, and this is what I've been talking about, and this is what Romans 8 is. We cannot go from, we cannot have the Holy Spirit prick our heart and touch us and come to Christ and then go back to religion. It's so easy to go back to religion. I was actually meditating on this thought. If you've been around the church for a little while, I'm young, but I was born and raised in it, so I saw a lot of moves of God. And I actually, there was a lot of purity. There's a lot of pure things that the Holy Spirit was doing in the church in the last 30 years. But it gets weird always because what happens is, is uh, Holy Spirit genuinely touches and genuinely does something. And then man says, oh, I know how to do this. And I've got this figured out and put some rules and boundaries and laws and we can do this. And this is how it works. And then if I pray for you, you have to do this. And if you don't do that, then you didn't get touched by the Spirit of God. But it was pure. We need to be led every single moment. If you, don't, you weren't born and raised in the church, you have no idea what I'm talking about, and you don't need to. Just know this. We need to be led moment by moment, second by second. 
to be honest, this is funny, that moment in the mall interrupted my day. There was an interruption in my day. I wasn't that mad, but I had other plans, and I, th- I said, all right, yeah, no big deal. I'll go do this, and my day changed. I didn't pray before I walked in, didn't have a one-hour Bible study beforehand. The Holy Spirit didn't tell me on the way in, now listen, just so you're ready, nothing but the Spirit of God. Is this making any sense today? The Holy Spirit instantly, man, when she said it, <laughs> when she said, I need God, I pretended like I wasn't already like on her like a laser instantly made it real casual, but instantly my spirit and her spirit, I said, man, it's coming. You just don't know it yet. I didn't want to freak her out, so I had to kind of merge into that moment, but it was coming. And then the second woman who was with her, I'm just now talking to her and telling her what just happened to her. She starts getting teary-eyed, and I said, well, why don't we pray too? She takes off her glasses And right then and there, she repents of her sin and asks the Lord to come into her life. Double whammy. (laughs) We need to be led like that every moment of every day. Let me read a few scriptures. The Bible says that God, I'm going to say a line and I'm going to just say a few scriptures today. I'm not going to speak that much longer of our our lunch today, but I just want to say a few things. That God, I'm going to say a line. He wants to unveil. The Holy Spirit wants to unveil. And He's going to unveil a few things in your life and around your life. And there are a few things. One, and I'll, I'll get into this as much as I can today, and then I will get into this more next week. But He wants to unveil His secrets. Did you know that God wants to unveil His secrets to you? Did you know that God has secrets? Wait, actually, that's kind of a, a dumb question. Is anybody here smarter than God? Then that means whatever he knows that you don't know is a secret. It's hidden. It's a mystery. Whatever you don't know, <laughs> but God does is in him, but he actually, the word says that he wants to unveil that to us. He also wants to unveil your secrets. Did you know that you have secrets you don't even know you have? We've been talking about that a little bit already. Finally, he also wants to unveil the enemy's secrets. I love God is so good. Man, he will tell you what's going on. If you are being led by the Spirit, sometimes you don't need to know. In the case of when I walked into the mall, I didn't need to know the Holy Spirit was going to do what he was going to do. And I, I stood my ground and spoke the truth. That was that. I didn't do it with any uh, amazing, powerful words. I didn't pull out these notes. And, but God did something. But other times there's something coming against your life or coming around your life and God will unveil what's happening and why this is happening in your life to warn you, to keep you safe. And last but not least, it's the smallest one that he does, but he also does this. He actually will unveil the secrets of your peers. 
He doesn't do this as often because of our own pride and, our, and the issues in our heart, but and as believers, as brothers and sisters, who as a brother and sister know a little bit, you know your, what your brother and sister are doing in your own home, let's just say. Go to your own home, but you know what's kind of going on in your home, and the Lord does that. Uh, and, and now brings that into the church. He unveils the secrets of the brothers and sisters, but not for pride, because the Bible says, take the plank out of your eye before you can even deal with the speck in your brother's eye anyway. But nonetheless, he said, once you've taken the plank out of your eye, go and deal with the speck in their eye. And what the Holy Spirit is saying today is he wants to unveil some things. If you'll let him, he wants to speak some things. He wants to show you some things. He wants to unveil the mysteries of God, the mystery. And that moment with these young ladies was an unveiling was an unveiling once you go through these things, once he unveils these things, then actually the Bible says in Matthew 10, 26, Matthew 10, 26, it says, once God speaks to you, says, everything will be revealed and all that is secret will be made known to all. Verse 27, and what I tell you in the darkness, what I tell you in secret, the things I speak to you, the things I show you. There's an answer inside of you. This young lady, she didn't know the answer. She just knew I, that she needed God. But the Holy Spirit, her spirit was speaking to the Holy Spirit within me who had the answer. And so the unveiling came at the moment when I shouted abroad. When daybreak comes, what I whisper in your ear, the Holy Spirit instantly said, pay attention to that moment right there. Don't let this moment pass. What I whisper in your ear, shout from the housetops for all to hear. It's not just an unveiling so that you can have a great life and have a peaceful life and be a good brother and sister and all these things. But then the final unveiling is the unveiling of other hearts by what God has put inside you. And so those are just some points. And I just want to read from Matthew for today. Let's look today at Matthew chapter 13, verse 10 says, His disciples came and asked him, Why do you use parables? This is disciples talking to Jesus. When you talk to the people, and he replied, you are, everybody, I want you to raise your hand. Just say out loud, I am a follower of Christ. That means when he says you are, everybody out loud, that means me. This is the you. He's talking to you. He's talking to the disciples, talking to those that are following Christ. The world didn't understand. It was a, the, the parable that Jesus was speaking had truth interwoven in it. Did you know that? That everything Jesus said was not to confuse and it wasn't to twist and it wasn't to trick and it wasn't intentionally to, to uh, make them uh, wonder and, and hate him. But to those that were listening, to those that were following Christ, to those that had eyes to see and ears to hear, that's the you, those that were willing to listen to him, even though they didn't understand, he said, you are permitted to understand. I want you to raise your hand again and say, I am permitted to understand the secrets of the kingdom of heaven. 
He said, but others are not. Verse 12, to those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given and they will have an abundance of knowledge. But for those who are not listening, even what little understanding they have will be taken away from them. That is why I use these parables, for they look, but they don't really see. They hear, but they don't really listen or understand. This fulfills the prophecy of Isaiah that says, when you hear what I say, you will not understand, and when you see what I do, you will not comprehend. For the hearts of these people are hardened, and their ears cannot hear, and they have closed their eyes, so their eyes cannot see, and their ears cannot hear, and their hearts cannot understand, and they cannot turn to me and let me heal them. Verse 16. This is talking to you, verse 16, but blessed are your eyes because they see and your ears because they hear. The Bible tells us that Jesus was speaking and actually this can be taken across the entire word. The entire Bible, the Bible tells us of itself that when the books of Moses, when the Old Testament was read, that there was a veil, 2 Corinthians 4, there was a veil that was over their eyes. They didn't understand. They couldn't see it. But the Bible tells us it doesn't say here that it was because even though God used it, he actually uses this moment here in Matthew 13 and what he's leading up to here. He's using it to get Jesus to the cross. It was their rejection of him that actually put Jesus on the cross. God didn't ordain them to not see. That is total craziness. Some people have looked at this and say, well, God, he blinded them on purpose. That's not true. It was because of their blindness that God used their blindness. God did not make you sin. He never made you sin. He never made you make the decisions you made, but because of the decisions you made, he used them, either good or bad, to get you. He's constantly working in the bad decisions and in the good ones, getting you, if you'll let him, into his plan and purpose for your life. The Bible says that there are a people that when they see, they don't see, and when they hear, they don't understand. The Bible says, though, that to those, back in verse 11, verse 12, because we're permitted, verse 12 then says, because this is us who are permitted, those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given. Pull that up in the New King James, please. It says, for whoever has to him, more will be given. Well, how do you have? How do you have? At some point, when Jesus called these disciples, they said yes. The Bible says that they immediately left their nets. They left their life behind. They didn't have to. Did you know that? God did not make them. It says that he called them and they left. 
What Jesus is saying to this group of people here, to his disciples and the others around him, I'm sure we're listening, that he wants to keep unveiling. He wants to keep speaking. He didn't just speak once and that was it. He didn't just do something once and, and unveil the mystery of Jesus Christ. He wants to keep unveiling. And that's why if you look at those points, his secrets, he's got some things that you need to know for tomorrow. Uh, there's some things in you that need to go. There are some things that the enemy are doing. So it's a constant unveiling of what's mysterious, of what's hidden. And he said, if you have, that's basically to those who have are those that have let him in. As soon as we, this is what happens, as I started to say before about we get into weird moves of the Spirit because we put our hand on what God is doing. As soon, when God is speaking and when God is doing something in your life and he's, when he's unveiling and then all of a sudden you come across a verse, who's come across a verse that hurt? Who's come across one that you weren't willing to deal with yet? And subtly, what actually is happening is, at that moment, the reason the revelation of it is not hitting you yet is because you have actually put the walls up. Whoever has, this is whoever is willing to listen to what I have to say. You have to be willing to listen to God without understanding. The understanding comes after. And, I, and the reason I brought up these young ladies is not just because there was a Holy Spirit moment, but here's my point. When God touched them, she spoke to me. She said, don't say any words. I don't know how to pray. There wasn't this, it wasn't like, it's Jesus I know I need. She just said, I need God. It was so simple. It was so basic. It was so just core without any revelation of what that means. She may have no idea about the cross or about his blood, or his stripes for her, 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 for her. And, and yet something started, a revelation started happening when she was willing. Who has been there? Who has come to either the day you said yes to Christ, and actually a lot of times when I pray with people, I say to say out loud, I don't know you, but I want to know you. Well, let's not pretend that we know him before we know him, but we want to know him. And what happens? We begin to we begin to hear. Something in us just responded. There was a little bit of hearing, but the hearing expounds only when, you ready? You want vision? You're crying out to God, Lord, let me see, let me hear. He has a very simple answer for you, and I said it already. Obey me. You want vision? You want hearing? You want revelation? Listen to me. The more you listen to me, the more you'll understand the mortal makes sense. But he will not, and he does this on purpose because this whole thing, the whole gospel is faith. The whole thing about Jesus. Is anybody here, was anybody here in, in uh, 2000 AD? Just, let me just check. <laughs> anybody see him get on that cross? We are believing this whole gospel based on faith, which means I need to believe what he says before he shows me heaven. I'm believing that heaven is there. I'm believing that my sin is actually sin against God and that his blood is the only thing that covers it without ever seeing the proof of that yet. Although, who has seen a little proof in your spirit? Come on, you see what I'm saying? You give to God a little, he'll give to you a lot. 
You just start opening to him. You start listening to him. You start looking towards him. And that's why the Bible tells us the whole thing wraps in and on itself. I mean, every sermon, I tell Dawn this all the time, every sermon is exactly the same because it's all saying the same exact thing. It's a big Bible, but it's all the same message. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. There's this connection between God and man and the two are coming together. It's your part and his part, but the more you give, he'll give you more than you could possibly give him. Draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. But whoever does not have even what he has will be taken away from him. And obviously, he's pointing to the end. There will be a time that the darkness just keeps growing, right, in their life. The more they reject God, right, it's a slippery slope. Who's seen that person that kind of came in, and we preached on this some time ago, six months ago or so, about the seed and about the seed of the Word of God in your heart, and it's all conditional on how you respond. But we saw how uh, we've all seen believers that, have come and gone. And once they start giving in, once they start rejecting those that no longer have, what happens? Very quickly, very quickly, even what little they had was taken away from them. It's all about us accepting God and believing in Him, isn't it? The Bible says in Mark chapter 4, verse 11, Mark 4, verse 11 says, He replied, You are permitted to understand the secret of the kingdom of God, but I use parables for everything I say to outsiders. And in verse 13, so that the scriptures, so Jesus said to them, If you can't understand the meaning of this parable, how will you understand all other parables? And in verse 22, He says, Verse 22, he says, For everything that is hidden will eventually be brought into the open, and every secret will be brought to light. And finally, into verse, let's fall into verse 25, verse 23. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. It is your choice to listen. It doesn't say here, but can almost see the way this is pointing. Listen and understand. You have to listen first before you can understand. Try to understand everything before you listen. You'll never listen. A child, it's so simple. Jesus says the kingdom of God is like a child. Well, let's look at the child. The child just listens blindly until one day they want to start pushing out and experiencing why. Let me go and try to understand. Then you learn. Then you're really going to learn. Verse 24. Then he added, pay close attention to what you hear. The closer you listen, listen, what does it say? The closer you listen, the more understanding. I love the way the NLT says that. I just think this says it straight. I think this is what Jesus meant when he was saying these words. The closer you listen, the more understanding you will be given and you will receive even more. Verse 25, to those who listen to my teaching. So what does it say there? There is a listening to his teaching first, just, or just a simple response. It is so simple. The man on the cross or this woman in the mall, I need God. It is so simple, but as soon as you let God in, 
then the Holy Spirit, man, he just starts breaking apart. She didn't wail because of my beard. Because she was shocked by this situation. She started wailing because the Holy Spirit started bringing instantaneous understanding once she was listening. She just spoke the words. She heard the words and then she spoke them back. Just as he told us to do what you hear in secret, just say it out loud. And like I said, they didn't even sound like meant that like amazing words, but I just spoke words that then she listened to and she spoke them back. And as she started speaking them, the belief starts growing instantaneously and understanding starts coming of her sin. And, and I hope that she's not embarrassed. I didn't say her name, so how can she be? But when she got to, I'm sorry, that's when she broke just the, I'm sorry, I wish, man, hearing it, it was so amazingly powerful. The understanding started to come, and, but those who are not listening, and we've all had these moments in ourselves and with other people, even what little understanding they have will be taken from them. Let's stand. The Holy Spirit wants to keep unveiling some things. There's, it is honestly, we need to live by revelation, but it only comes, the revelation comes by just saying yes first, and then more revelation comes, more revelation comes, more revelation comes. It just keeps coming and coming and coming as we keep responding to him. God, let's all just put our hands towards heaven. Do something a little bit different today. Just keep your eyes closed, put your hands towards heaven. And what I told those young girls is something I said, I said, I still, to this day, the same exact thing that happened to me when God touched my life, I still pray, Jesus, come more into my life. Forgive me for my sins. I want to know you more. So let's just pray this out loud. Jesus, come into my life, into every part. I give you everything. I surrender. Forgive me for not surrendering. Even if it's just small things, forgive me for keeping anything back from you. Take my life. I give it to you. And I thank you that understanding's coming. Your spirit is with me leading me, keeping me from danger, directing me, leading me, and even speaking through me when I let you. In Jesus' name, amen.